Welcome. Hey. <laughs> I'm back again. Don't worry, preacher should be coming back this evening. So, you know, don't let your hearts grow weary. Don't be afraid. Pastor's coming back. Amen. <laughs> uh, thank you for being here today. Uh, I appreciate your faithfulness. It 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 helps me. It helps me to see fellow uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. It encourages me in my walk with the Lord. And thank you for being faithful. Thank you for uh, the ladies that play the music. Uh, music is. I always say this because uh, we actually have a very great. Uh, instruments and musicians uh, that um, play these hymns for us, and it prepares our hearts to worship God, and thank you so much for uh, being willing to do that, you know, without uh, people really saying a whole lot and and, uh, always being faithful in that. And uh, that's the only reason that we at times get to do what God wants us to do and serve God is because we're just simply faithful. Especially in my case, not too smart, but at least I'm faithful, right? And that's why my my wife decided to marry me. She said this guy needs a lot of help, but I I know he he he'll be loyal, right? So let's, uh, uh, brother Rick, can you pray for me uh, first thing here this morning? Amen. I tried to get out of being recorded today. I didn't want that to be noted. But, uh, you know, they said, no, pastor said you had to do it. So I said, okay. Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 1. We'll look at Romans chapter 1, verse 1, and we'll just look at one little portion of uh, verse 1, and, and we'll kind of uh, talk about that in a little bit of detail today. And, of course, uh, I brought the Bible that has the smallest words in it, and so uh, and we're going to be turning to a few locations within the Bible. So if you'll have some patience with me, we'll take our time and make sure we read the right verses. Uh, so it says here in Romans chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. I, one thing that, as uh, of course, um, as I was reading that, what caught my eye was being, it says, separated unto the gospel of God. So that's the title of the message. If there was any title, was, was uh, uh, separated unto the gospel of God. And I realize that each and every one of us, if you're a born-again Christian, is separated unto the gospel of God. But let's make a couple of, uh, of uh, basic fundamental statements here. One is, is that you as a human being, if you've been birthed into this world, your uh, main uh, purpose is to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. That's why God allowed you to be 
birthed and to be born into this world so that you can spend an eternity with him. So let's understand this, that our destination ultimately is Jesus Christ. Okay, And we know that because in 1 John, if you turn over to 1 John chapter 5, and we look at chapter 5, verse 11, it says here, And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. So first of all and foremost, you must know Jesus Christ as your Savior. That is, that is what you have come here to hear today, is, is to hear the gospel. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, today is the day for you to have an opportunity to make that decision for Christ. Understand this, is that you must know Jesus Christ as your Savior if you're to spend an eternity in heaven with Him. Okay? And part of that process we understand is, is that we uh, know, and I'll, t- I'll just t- I'll speak from my own experience. I know there was a certain time in my life where I looked at my life and I said, you know what, something's wrong. Something's not right. Things aren't, what I'm doing in life, what I'm seeking after, what I'm making my decisions based upon is not working. I, I, at times I may have money, at times I may have things galore, but I still have this thing that has not been answered. I still have this hole, so to speak, that has not been filled. And maybe you haven't experienced that yet, but I would encourage you to, to, to uh, ask some questions and to seek after God and seek for His salvation. But the issue is, is that that's what I was missing in life. I was missing... Uh, knowing Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I understood as a teenage boy uh, that I was a sinner. I understood that I was a sinner and that I needed a Savior. I needed Jesus Christ to save me not only from hell, but to make things better in my life. I understood that, and I had to make a decision, and that's what I did. I come, and I finally got to a point in my life where I sat there and said, I I quit. I quit what I'm doing, because what I'm doing isn't doing it. And so, Lord, I I need you as my Savior. I understand that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short of your standard, that I have fallen short of your glory. And because of that, I need you as my Savior. And so the Lord Jesus Christ, because of his work at Calvary and because of his shed blood, he sits there and he says, well, I have a gift for you. And that gift is eternal life. It's amazing to me that some people spend their whole entire lives, for lack of of a better illustration, they'll walk past the Christmas tree every year, so to speak, and not pick up that gift. It's amazing to me that there's this gift that's sitting underneath of the Christmas tree, and there are people out there that would sit there and say, you know what, I don't want that. I think that there's something better out there for me. 
No, 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 thank you. But folks, that's as simple as that is. That's as simple as salvation is, is that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was buried and he rose again to secure your salvation for you and to pay your death penalty for you. So we understand is, is that ultimately that final question, that main question that has been missing in our lives is Jesus Christ. That is our destination, so to speak. Now we understand here though is that when we sit there and we see in Romans 1.1 that it says separated unto the gospel, guess what? That, that word there in Greek means horizo which means to mark out, to mark out or to put a boundary out there. But it sounds a lot like the word horizon. You know, God, so not only at our moment of salvation are we secure for all eternity in the Lord Jesus Christ, but guess what? God wants to continue to indwell in you, and he will, but he wants to continue this process of changing you from the inside out. And there is a call, so to speak, we don't want to get pulled out into the weeds on that, but you as a Christian know that God is continuously calling you. He's whispering in your ear. He's calling you to that horizon, so to speak. And that horizon is the Lord Jesus Christ. Go over to Hebrews, Hebrews, since you're already in the New Testament, go over to Hebrews uh, chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to look at verse 8. It says here in Hebrews 11, Verse 8, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. You know, that's how we're supposed to be living our life as Christians. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, but we live by faith. But you know what that means is, is that I've got my eye on the horizon. I have my eye on what God has promised me. I have an eye because by faith, believe it or not, I can see myself walking with my Savior in the new Jerusalem. Because my eye is on the horizon. And it's important, God wants your eyes on the horizon. He wants your eyes on Him. If you're to have a, see a change in your life, if you're to see a change in other people's lives, we got to start focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ. we got to start putting our focus and our eyes on Christ. That is that horizon. And so I understand here as Russell Dill, a very basic simpleton here, not a great theologian, not a great 
a Christian in my own personal opinion, right? But I understand that uh, Christ, when I read his word and I spend time with him, he's compelling me to move towards that horizon. So I understand here is, is that we must move away towards the horizon. I, that is action, to move. That's what we see here with Abraham as he moved out of the country that he was comfortable with, with his folks-in-laws, his dad and his mom, and he moved out. You as a born-again Christian, if you're going to see difference in your life and see differences in other people's lives, you're going to have to move towards the horizon. You're going to have to move sometimes out of your comfort zone. That's why a lot of us at times we struggle, and I'll be honest with you, I struggle with witnessing just as much as any other Christian does. Why? Because it's uncomfortable. You know, people go, oh, who's this weirdo? He, he, he talks about Christ all the time. Ooh, don't shake his hand. He'll give you a track. He's just a weirdo, right? And some people like Brother McCoy, he loves that. Me, I'm like, I, I want to be liked by people. Brother but I don't care. He, that's why he's a good friend of mine. Just teasing. We must have a continuous pursuit of God. That's what we, I understand as a Christian is, is that I have a, not only an opportunity, but I am obligated because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for me. I am obligated to begin to move towards that horizon, to move towards Christ. Look over at, at uh, Hebrews 11, uh, look at, uh, up there at verse 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God wants you to diligently seek after him. You say, well, I'm not satisfied in, in my Christian life. We'll spend more time with God. You want more fulfillment in life? You want more fulfillment in your Christian life? You think things are lacking, things are missing? Spend more time with God. Don't spend more time on the TV. Don't spend more time on the Internet. Don't spend more time with uh, whatever you're going to do as extra, extracurricular activities. Spend more time with God. We must continuously pursue God. But guess what? There's some other things that I have to do. Here in my notes, I said, we must sever the weights that keep us from seeking after God. Look over at Hebrews on chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, here, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Each and every one of us battle with a besetting sin. If you're a Christian, if you're a born-again Christian, and only you know that besetting sin. I'm not going to tell you what mine is. But there are certain things that Satan will lay in your path to keep you from doing what God wants you to do. 
what you have to do is you have to cut that weight. You have to sever that. You know, there's, there's a, you know, in the Civil War, believe it or not, uh, the, the men who got shot in the arm and had to have their arm amputated, there was about an 87% survival rate. Did you know that? Even during the Civil War, that's amazing to me. But you know, they didn't try to stitch all the bone. The bone was so fragmented and broken and, and the tendons so ripped and everything, they just couldn't, they just had to hack it off. If you had, wanted to have an opportunity or a chance to survive, you had to cut that part of the arm off. You'd get gangrene, it would set in, you'd get poison in your blood and you'd die. You have to do the same thing as a Christian. There are certain things in your life that you know that are gangrenous, that are not good for you. And you're going to have to sever it. If you're going to see victory in your life, if you're going to see a change in your life, if you're going to see yourself moving closer to the things of God, you're going to have to sever it. I don't know what that is. Maybe cutting back on TV. Maybe cutting back on the... Uh, the, uh, the, the chat room or whatever it is on the internet, Facebook or whatever it is. Facebook's just this trap. Spend more time in that. It's just like a tar pit is what it is. You get sucked in there and you don't get out. But I understand and trust me, I'm not being judgmental. I'm not trying to be critical. I'm not trying to upset people. I'm just telling you what God has shared with me and told me in my life is, hey, buddy, you want to see change in your life, better start spending more time with me. And if you want to see that change permanent, I've got to start severing some of those things in my life. You know, so then I ask the stupid question is, is what kind of weights then? You know, the, uh, the ones that fall below the standard. Go over to Proverbs 20. Proverbs 20, verse 23. It says here in verse 20 of Proverbs 20, it says... Diverse weights are an abomination unto the Lord, and a false balance is not good. You want to have the proper balance in your life, get rid of the ones that fall below the standard. And that standard is, is the Lord Jesus Christ. Y'all, sometimes people all look at me and they get all weird. The church does, does not set the standard, amen? The Word of God does. I used to talk to, I, I had conversations with my teenagers all the time. They'd say, well, I want to grow my hair kind of weird, which there's nothing wrong there, Brother Jeremiah. I told him he has great courage, you know, showing up today, you know, with that kind of hair. So don't misunderstand me what I'm going to say. But what I did, they say, well, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and, and I want to do and, and, and be this way and be my own man and be my own woman or whatever it is. And I said, now, wait a second. Did you ask God? Did you talk to God and ask God what he will allow you to do or not to do? Because if you're a born again Christian, the Bible says that you're a bought with a price. 
And you do not belong to yourself after you've been bought by the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't just do whatever you want. And so the, the, where it's going to hurt, folks, in your Christian walk is when you're going to have to sever those weights that fall below the standard. Here in my notes, I also understand that we must walk after the Spirit. Go back over to Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. I keep repeating so I can remind myself, not necessarily you. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. You want to know why sometimes maybe possibly you're struggling in your Christian life? is maybe you're not quite walking in the Spirit like you should be. I'm talking to me. Because I'll be honest with you. There's times where I walk in the flesh. I walk after my own desires. I walk after my own thoughts, my own uh, uh, counsel, instead of walking in the Spirit. But, you know, we talked about uh, the weights, and we talked about a standard. Guess what that standard is? It's found in Galatians chapter 5. Turn over to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Look at verse 22. You want to know what God's standard is? You want to know what God wants you to do? It's summed up right here. It says here in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And I've mentioned this once before, but, you know, we sit in, uh, as, a, as a department head, we sit in staff meetings a lot, and, and I always sit there and say, well, you know, I... I you know, I may not be the, the wisest guy, consider, you know, uh, with this situation or whatnot. And then I was kind of called out for that. They said, well, you kind of put yourself down. I said, no, what I'm saying is, is that I'm showing my meekness and I'm sitting there telling you that I esteem you more than myself. But it says in verse 24, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. We're supposed to prefer one another more than ourselves. But notice here is that that's how we're to walk in the Spirit. We must walk in the Spirit. If we're to see a change in our lives and the change in other people's lives, you want to see change in society, we need to start following this. We must stay focused. We must stay focused. First of all, turn over to Job. Job chapter 31. <clears throat>
Job chapter 31. Job chapter 31, look at verse 7. It says here, and we'll read verse 7 and 8. If my step hath turned out of the way, and mine heart walked after mine eyes, and if any blot hath cleaved to mine hands, then let me sow and uh, let another eat. Yea, let my offspring be rooted out. We need to stay focused. See, what Job was sitting there saying is, is that if, if I allow my heart to not look upon God and I start, my heart starts following the things that my eyes are seeing down here on the ground, down here on the earth, guess what? I'm not going to be following what God wants me to do. Your heart really is what is supposed to be focused on that horizon. You know, I've, I've been out with several uh, people. One of the critical parts of laying down a long line, a, a, a subsistence line for fishing is, is that you got to lay that thing down in a straight line. I remember the first time I set stuff, Brother Marvin was so good to me. He gave me some hooks and some stuff and got me all kind of set up. And uh, he was a huge blessing to me with that. And, uh, but I remember the first time I set up a long line, it just sat right back in a big circle. I didn't know what I was doing. I said, well, hopefully I catch something. But you know what? What I taught, and, and I would take Ben out with me uh, to, to lay this long line, and what I finally got through my head is I told Ben, I said, now you pick a spot on the horizon, okay? And, you, and then what you do is you get that ship or you get that boat headed in that direction. And then what you do is you keep that boat headed in that spot on the horizon, our spot on the horizon is the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to lay your life down correctly and uprightly and in a straight line towards God, what you have to do is keep your focus on the horizon. You have to keep your focus on that spot that you've chosen out there in order to lay your life down straight. Now, not only that, but notice here, though, is, is that Job sat there and said, hey, now, wait a second. What happens is, is my focus sometimes gets off of God. And when my focus gets off of the things of God, guess what happens? Do you see that last part of verse 8? Yea, let my offspring be rooted out. Now, here's the interesting thing is, is that if you take your eyes off of the horizon and you begin to sit there and let your heart follow your eyes, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get pulled out into the forest. And we know here that the forests here are thick and they're dark. And you could be 20 feet from the road and still be lost. And what will happen is, is that you're starting to wonder. And now all of a sudden, you know, Christ is over here, but you're starting to follow what you want to follow. And you're starting to follow into the dark and into the woods. Sometimes you say, well, that's my own business. Here's the problem. Is that you're not an island to yourself. I would bet that if you're sitting there and you're following, your heart is following what you're desiring, and, and if those things are not of God, guess what? They may not be sinful, but they're going to be a trap for you. They're going to hinder you. The Bible says, because of my salvation, I have liberty to do whatever I want. But it may not be profitable for me. You young guys, you may have the strength and the ability to do whatever you want. 
but it may not be profitable for you. But here's the problem is, is that I'm sitting here and I'm walking and I'm following what I want to do and I'm walking through the woods and then the problem is, is I'll turn back and I'll take a look. But guess what? Guess who's following me? Husbands, your wives are usually following you. Dads, your kids are usually following you. So guess what happens? Moms, if you lose focus, uh, uh, your kids will follow you. Grandparents, grandkids will follow you. You got people that are following you. You have people that you have an impact on. You may not think that you do, but you do. So here's the issue is what scares me is I don't want to lead my family. I don't want to lead my boys off into the woods when they need to be concentrated on the horizon, when they need to be focused on Christ. We live by faith, not by sight. How do we know that? Turn over to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5, look at verse 5. It says, Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. You know, that's what we talked about earlier, is, is if you're a born-again Christian, there should be some kind of earnest to desire the things of God. There should be a movement towards that horizon. There should be a movement towards God. Therefore, we are also confident knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. I'm going to finish just in time. So what impacts people and what speaks to people is my faith. Now, that should not be a cop-out to say, well, I don't need to go out and hand out tracts, and I don't need to give people the gospel. I just need to have a clean testimony. No, no, you need to give people the gospel as well. But our faith, right, can be revealed to someone else. That's how the gospel is spread from faith to faith. That's what the Bible says, right? But I must live by faith. That's the difference between putting your focus here on this earth and putting your focus down on the things that, uh, which they may not be sinful, but they'd be your own personal desires. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with some of the things that you may desire. But the issue is, is that keep Christ in focus. Because ultimately, that's where you're going to spend an eternity if you're a born-again Christian. I always told my teenagers, don't wait till you're dead to begin your fellowship and relationship with God. You can have it now. You can walk in the Spirit. You can walk being influenced by God now, today. But I must understand that it takes faith to keep my eyes and keep my heart focused on the horizon. Lastly here, I just have a, 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 a note here. I said, I'm going to Mount Sion. 
to meet my Savior. Please come with me. Go over to Hebrews chapter 12, and then we'll close. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, look at verse 18. And I'll close with this. It says, For ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest. So let's, let's hold on here for just one second. Is, is that understand this, that Israel, when they left Egypt, they were moving towards Mount Sinai, and the trumpets blew, there was, there was smoke, there was fire up there, because guess what? God was there. And they went to Sinai because they were expecting to see God. They were expecting to talk to God. The trumpet is always is blowing, and it's blowing louder than it ever has. You know why? Because God's trying to get our attention and he's sitting there saying, I want your attention. I want you to focus on me because I'm coming back soon. And things are happening. So then we sit here and say, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. They were afraid for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so, much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But ye are come unto Mount Sion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. And to what? Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. My destination is with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where I'm moving. I'm moving towards Jesus Christ. I'm moving towards Mount Sion. I'm going there. That's the kind of faith and the kind of commitment that God is wanting you to make to him. Where are you going? What direction are you going in life? Are you moving towards Christ? Are you moving towards the things of Christ? Are you actively pursuing God? Are you severing those weights and those things that are holding you and holding you back from doing the things that God has already asked you to do? I'll tell you what, I got a lot of cutting I got to do. A lot of cutting I got to do. And guess what? I got to get my focus off myself. And I got to get my focus on Christ. That's where I'm going. I'm going to Mount Sion. I'm going to see my Jesus. Why don't you come with me? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for today. Thank you for your goodness unto me. Thank you for my salvation. I thank you that I have a hope. A hope that I know that I'm going to spend eternity with you. There's a part of me that I just can't wait.
Can't wait to see you. I just pray, dear Lord God, that if there's somebody here that says, whatever I'm doing ain't working for me. I pray, dear Lord God, that you'd give them an opportunity to say, here I am. Here I am. I'm all that you need. I pray, dear Lord God, if there's somebody here that does not know you as their Savior, that they would take care of it today. I'd encourage those who, who may not know for sure that they'd come to me or come to, to another man here in the church, that they would show you in his word, in God's word, that you can know that if you were to die or if Christ was to call you home prematurely, that you'd spend eternity with him. I just pray, dear Lord God, that as Christians, dear Lord God, that we must understand is, is that we need to be more committed today than any other day. Let us understand, dear Lord God, as Christians is, is that we are just here as pilgrims. We're here temporarily. And that our ultimate destination is you. Be with us. Be with uh, Brother Rick as he brings your word tonight, Lord. I pray, dear Lord God, that you'd be with our pastor, be with those who are traveling today. Please bless us, Lord, and bring us back tonight. Help us, I pray, Lord, because you are all that we have. In Jesus' name, amen.